Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. It's good to be here, Dan. All right, Chris, good to have you back. Uh, a couple weeks off, some, some travel for yourself, some travel for me, and we just couldn't quite connect, but uh, here we are. Um, and it's funny that we've taken a little bit of time off and, and looking back and reflecting on our, our last podcast. Um, and you know, our last podcast, you, know, you, re- you reiterated that you expected the bear market would continue um, because both the economy and the markets were out of balance. I mean, we discussed that in, in pretty good depth. Um, you know, and since that time, you know, we've seen markets correct. We saw the 10-year U.S. Treasury. It's risen about 30 basis points. It's up to about four and three quarters. Um, and the long end of the Treasury curve, it's continued to sell off as well. Um, and then this coincided with the continued strength of the U.S. dollar. Um, so, you know, the question here is, you know, are the recent moves, are those consistent with this theme of the markets and the economy being out of balance? Yeah, they are. Unfortunately, um, they're very much in line with that view. And as we've talked about, uh, there's kind of a negative reflex reflexivity that could develop here. So, you know, the U.S. 10-year selling off, this is the massive amount of treasury issuance uh, that needs to occur between now and the end of the year at the same time that foreign central banks and foreign investors are are stepping away. They need to sell or reduce their treasury holdings so that they can defend their currency. And so as our yields move higher, the dollar increases in strength. That increases the need for the Bank of Japan and others to try to defend that currency. And so they then need to sell treasuries, in effect, um, uh, to, to buy and support their own underlying currency. So it's very kind of self-reinforcing cycle that we're in. Now, we've gone a long way, so we may have a pause here. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, this is all a part of the natural rebalancing. And obviously, with the dollar moving higher, we're starting to see things correct. Maybe that'll give us a little bit of a, a pause here. But I, you know, I, I do think this is incredibly consistent with with what we've been expecting. And then, how much, you know, just kind of follow up on this. You know, how, how much further do you think that yields would need to rise, or risk assets would need to correct to, to put us back in, you know, what we describe as being in balance? Yeah. Look, the key is I, I don't think it's going to be a question of how far. It, it, you know, assets can sell off or yields can rise, and that's not necessarily what it's gonna what is gonna put us back in balance. We're out of balance because the U.S. economy again is only growing because of federal spending. It's the big increase in federal spending that that's been driving the positive GDP growth. And unfortunately, we don't have a way to fund that any longer. In other words, we are at the point of fiscal dominance. And I think the market knew we were at the point of fiscal dominance, meaning in the real economy, meaning that we, it required expanding deficits in order for uh, our economy to grow. And it was comfortable with that because it was able to finance those deficits in a combination of QE or foreign purchases. There was enough dollars coming in to the U.S. Treasury uh, that we could continue to fund that. Now the market's starting to grapple with the fact that, hey, yeah, not only are we having true fiscal dominance from an economic growth standpoint, but also really funding these deficits are now starting to crowd out and have a very significant impact on financial mar- markets and not a positive one. So it's going to be a policy choice. Um, it's going to be a combination of either us reducing federal spending, which 
I'm very skeptical that we're going to be willing to do. I think ultimately we'll be forced to do. Or we're going to have to see a shift in monetary policy, meaning a restarting of QE. Um, and we've, we've seen the Fed discuss, hey, we may in the future have to delineate between uh, treasury purchases that are designed to stabilize financial markets versus treasury purchases that are designed to um, kind of expand bank reserves. You know, that's a um, that's a little too nuanced. It's just QE, but they're going to want to try to come up with a different reason for it. So I think it's going to take either a significant reduction in federal spending and a contraction in the economy, which is not going to happen, or a shift by the Fed. So my belief is, look, the Fed is is waiting to, for either a significant impact in the real economy or the markets to create the conditions for investors to crowd into treasuries and fund these deficits, or we're just going to reach a point of, of, of non-linearity and breakdowns in the credit markets and liquidity, and the Fed's going to have to step in um, and be that backstop once again. And the reason why this is so important, and, it, and you think, well, yields have only gone up 30 basis points, why the big sell-off? Treasuries are the underlying collateral in our markets, right? We have a very leveraged market, and it relies on treasuries as collateral for, for the assets that are held on margin. And when you have an increase in yields and an increase in volatility, that collateral value falls. So in effect, it is reducing liquidity at the same time that the Fed continues to shrink banking reserves. So it's kind of a double whammy. Um, so I, I, I think in my mind, it, it's less of at what point do, where do yields need to go or, um, you know, at, at what point do the, the S&P 500 need to fall? This is, we're getting down to monetary policy decisions. They're either going to choose to fund these deficits or they're going to allow things to break until they have the political cover to do so. All right, great. And, and then, you know, one, one final question uh, going beyond the imbalances of what we've discussed inside the system. And, you know, as we continue to receive economic data, you know, do you have an update on your economic outlook as we wrap up 2023 and 24? Yeah, look, I, as we've seen, uh, inflationary pressures have firmed or stabilized. And so our expectation is that inflation is going to remain kind of three and a half to four percent, at least through the early part of 2024. Now, if we get a bigger correction in oil, um, that will be uh, a, a material headwind to inflation. Ultimately, we've seen disinflationary pressures build outside of the U.S. And so I, I don't have concern that inflation's about to reaccelerate unless we have a shift in, in monetary policy. But I do think we're going to see this firming at this 3.5% level unless we see a fairly sizable correction in, in the energy space. When we turn and look at economic growth, economic growth continues to slow. As we've discussed, federal spending and the increase in federal spending in, in Q1, Q2 is what kind of drove uh, the positive outcomes of GDP. Federal spending is peaking right now. So federal spending going forward, regardless of a government shutdown or a contraction in the budget, government spending is set to slow going forward. So I think, and our data shows, for Q4, Q1, and Q, for Q4 of 23, Q1 and Q2 of 24, we should experience firming inflation, all else being equal, 
and continued contraction and growth. Um, and there's nothing that I've seen change the view that I still expect a, a recessionary outcome. Um, I, I think the seasonal adjustments in the employment data and the impact COVID had on those seasonal adjustments are still skewing things. Uh, I think we still need to bring down earnings estimates. When you look at the data out of the banks, whether that's loan officer surveys or the actual underlying published data, it says, look, credit's continuing to slow, defaults are starting to rise. Um, I think all this is you know, coming together as we expect. Um, and we may have some sense of some recessionary conditions uh, coming to fruition. If not in Q4, we certainly have the window of opportunity for recessionary conditions to come into play um, in the first half of 24. All right, well, we'll keep on monitoring. Uh, that's a great spot, place to stop for today. So uh, good to have you back, Chris, and we'll catch you soon. Sounds good, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.